This episode of the Busted Wide Open podcast is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry offers the best media hosting, accurate listening stats, and their all-new PowerPress Deluxe sites, a no-setup WordPress website for your podcast with all the necessary links to share your show with the world built right in. If you currently produce a podcast and are looking for a better media host or looking to start a new one from scratch, head over to orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO and sign up for the best media hosting and a PowerPress Deluxe site to get your first month absolutely free. That's orbitaljigsaw.com forward slash BWO or just use the promo code BWO at checkout for your first month free. And with that said, enjoy the show. Hey guys, this is Angel Garza, superstar from WWE, and you are listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast, to the most fresh news of the wrestling. So keep listening, and just remember one thing, El Latino está en la casa, baby. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling. With your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous. Coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. But if this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to the Backlash Recap and Analysis Show from you boys at Busted Wide Open. My name is Nick Howell. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous, and I have Right Now by Van Halen stuck in my head. And it's not because Miz and Morrison did a music video that was basically a cover of that song. Oh, no! It's because right now we got to talk about Backlash, which just wrapped up. And it was supposedly going to have the greatest wrestling match ever on it, Nick, between Edge and Randy Orton. So we have to talk about if they lived up to that lofty goal, that lofty advertising tagline, that way of getting hits online. We have to talk about if they if they lived up to that. We have to talk about the rest of the show because we had several titles on the line in the show. We had lots of, of stuff happening after WrestleMania that led to this and could potentially lead to Extreme Rules, which is coming up next month. There's lots to discuss, Nick. There's lots to get into. Yes. Let's do some housekeeping first, and then we can do all that. Well, yes, as always, guys, BWOPodcast.com is where you can find everything. Plus, if you're watching here on YouTube, you can find all of it in the description down below. Get into our Facebook. If you weren't into uh, Discord, you missed out on a lively chat tonight throughout Backlash. So make sure you get into our Discord for Extreme Rules, SummerSlam, and all shows beyond, such as the New Japan Cup that's starting this week. But hey... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> There's going to be some late night owls up watching New Japan Cup super late. So you want to be in the Discord, make sure you get into there. We're going to have dedicated channels for all shows all throughout the week so you guys can chat live. Plus, it's exploding, it's growing, it's a lot of fun to be in there. So make sure you find our, your way into that again. Link in the description below. If you're not listening on YouTube, or if you're not watching us, I should say, on YouTube, head over to YouTube.com slash open. Slam that subscribe button, like the videos that you enjoy, and jingle your notification bell so you get notified anytime we put up no co- new content like BWO Daily, mm. which is our new daily. Daily news show Monday through Friday all throughout the week. Uh, lots of fun doing that. It's a short 10-minute-ish news bites of the day kind of show that replaced what you might formerly known as 
the other news lightning round that we used to do. We hated to beep, see beep, that beep, go, beep, beep, beep. but it needed to be its own thing, just like listener questions evolved into the patron mailbag. But mm-hmm. you can only find that over at youtube.com slash busted wide open. So make sure you're subscribed to the channel to get that and much, much more uh, content on the wrestlings. Uh, and last but certainly not least, head over to patreon.com slash BWO. Thank you to all of our phenomenal ones and all of your lovely support. We really, really appreciate Welcome to the new patrons of this week. Thank you guys for signing up. And if, but if you, that's the best way to support the show, to get access to exclusives like copies of the show notes, to read through as you listen or watch. Uh, you can get bonus episodes, all kinds of good stuff over there at patreon.com slash BWO. But let's not waste any more time. No. And everybody knows where to find things at this point. We're, we're in year four. Right. If you hadn't figured out where to find all of our stuff yet, most of it's in the description or somebody can help you find it. But let's go over and talk about what we just watched at WWE Backlash. Oh, I'd love to start this off with the greatest wrestling match ever. But we can't, Nick. we got to start at the beginning. we got to start the pre-show. Yes. we got to talk about... Well, let's. I was going to say let's talk about the Miz and Morrison video but let's let's wait until later for that when they have their match let's talk about our pre-show match tonight which was for the u.s title it was apollo cruz once again once again pulling the curtain with andrade for the u.s title is this <sighs> has the u.s title be just is it always going to be the damn pre-show title is that what it's doomed to be nick I why mean, was apollo versus andrade in the pre-show tag team titles I, I mean, what, know. what, but look at the show. What else could have gone here besides this is the, is the problem. Uh, I look at, I look at the show and I go, what else could have gone here? Jeff Hardy, Seamus. <laughs> they wouldn't have done that. I'm just being honest. Not to, not know? to former world champs, not to a guy who is one belt away from the grandest of grand slams in Seamus. So no, we had Apollo versus Andrade and it was actually a damn good match. Both these guys work really well together. They're both ridiculous. Ridiculously athletic. You had Angel Garza mm. ringside for Andrade. And Kevin Owens came down in a bad tie over a t-shirt to sit on commentary. So right off the bat, you, you had to know what was going to happen at the end of this match. And sure enough, of course, Garza gets involved. Kevin Owens gets involved. There's a bit of skullduggery and tomfoolery and kerfufflery. And Apollo picks up the win and retains his U.S. championship. Yep. So, what happened? Wasn't there supposed to be like some heat between Angel Garza and Andrade? Like they kind of screwed each other over to get this shot. What happened to that? Why did we need Kevin Owens? What is Kevin Owens going to do going forward in this little four-way feud? What's 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 happening here? What I, pick it I, apart I, from? I mean, we saw a tweet right before the pre-show, the kickoff show started from Kevin Owens saying that he would be ringside. He he did end up on commentary, and when Garza tried to get involved, he came out and gave Garza a stunner. Right next to uh, right next to the commentary table. So, yeah, it, I, I'm not sure. Um, is, is this going to lead to more, more turmoil in in LIWWE? <laughs> if we can still call, <laughs> can it we that still call it Los Ingobernables the WWE when there's not just really. two people in it? No, 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 no. It's really. Andrade. It's an Andrade and a walking dong. We can't talk about that anymore. Really, <laughs> like it's and Zelina's there, just basically there to to mug ringside. So it's. Yeah, I I wonder about what the trajectory is for that. And I honestly, you know, with Paul Heyman leaving Raw, you have to be wondered about all these mid-card guys. You have to be worried yeah. about Apollo. You have to be worried about Andrade and Angel Garza and everyone else who's kind of in the orbit around here. You know, there's the whole 
Anybody that got a these push guys, recently, I'm concerned about. Here we are, and we don't have a match for Aleister Black, Seth Rollins, Austin Theory, Buddy Murphy. They're all wherever, whatever, whatever they're doing. They didn't even have a, a, a something on the show. So when we talk about like, oh, the U.S. titles on the pre-show, I've got to, I've got to talk myself off the ledge. There's a lot of talking myself off the ledge on this show, Nick. Let's. <laughs> It's going to be a lot of talking us off the ledge on this. Yes, the U.S. title was on the pre-show, but it was on the show. There's a lot of big stars that weren't on the show. These guys were on the show, at least nominally, and Apollo is the champion still. So, you know, Kyle in the chat pointed out the U.S. title used to be like, you know, the stepping stone one. Like, if, you know, you've got the Intercontinental, which is the per the people that are just before the main event. You've got, um, and the U.S. title is for people who are like, you're, you're tagging the up-and-comer, right? Right. So if that's going to be Apollo, then he's he's got that tag, and he was on this show. And like we said, it was a tightly packed show. It was about, what, a little over two hours? Three hours? Just under three hours? Three, three hours. Just no, under three no. hours? Yeah. Okay, so tightly packed show for modern WWE. So Just a few years ago, Rusev drove a tank into WrestleMania <laughs> over the U.S. championship. Yes. Well, how, how far from grace it has fallen. <laughs> well, Rusev's no longer with the company, so that should tell you something as well, Nick. Sure. I'm, like I'm, just, just, I'm, I'm just trying to give an indication of like how, how high it used to be held and in what great esteem it used to be held. It used to be Harley Race's belt. I, I know. Mean, it's, a, it's a long way. It's, anyway, all right. It's neither here nor there. The bottom line is it was a fun match. Uh, Apollo did pick up the win. You thought Andrade was getting the title back, and I thought it was way too soon. Yeah. So I, I thought they were going to steer the, the ship into Garza Andrade. That was where that came from, really. And yet they had nothing of that no. on this show. So too, too, so too many strange. hits from the Garza bong, apparently. That uh... <sighs> that joke was kind of Garza wrong yeah. <laughs> uh, there, buddy. So <laughs> moving on to the main show, uh, we have to talk about the opening match, which was the women's tag team triple threat, a proper Tag team triple threat, by the way. Bliss Cross Applesauce versus the Iconics versus Bailey and Sasha Banks for the women's tag team titles, which just were freshly new around Bailey and Sasha's waists. Uh, and this was a straight up wrestling match. There was there was not there was no fooling around with this. Nope. They went in there and they wrestled. And there was lots of reversals. There was lots of chaos. I th actually thought it for like they they put these women, frankly, I thought out on a limb to have them open the show. They basically were saying, you have to go in there and set the energy, you have to set the pace, set the excitement for the show. And I'm, I'm not going to lie, like it, it wasn't a match I'm going to really remember in three or four months, but it was fine for what it was. Here's what I'll remember about it. it. Did I've, its job. I've commented on it a couple of times in the recent weeks. Hi, Alexa Bliss. You look fantastic. <laughs> Where has this, all of ass. this been? You, more of this, please. She looks 100%. Oh, she's yes. looking really good in in her work. All, all of the stuff that we'd normally critique her about, I have zero any of that uh, from When tonight. she stands out over Nikki Cross when it comes to their team, then I've, I absolutely, yeah, I have to note it as well. So that was, she was, she did, she did good work. Everyone did good work in this match. Yeah. I've got, I've had no complaints. Yeah. I've got no nitpicks. It was just, it was a solid match. The only thing I have to say about it is it was just kind of there. Ultimately, uh, Sasha pinned Nikki. Uh, no, sorry, uh, Alexa Bliss 
did Twisted Bliss onto Peyton Royce, right. and then Sasha snuck in, knocked her off, and got the pin, retained it for Bailey and and uh, and Bliss. Sorry, Bailey and Sasha. Buddha, Sasha Banks. Uh, they retain. They leave. Once again, Sasha is the one who picks up the win, proving that she's the one who's doing all the work. So that storyline of Bailey and Sasha is still out there, and they're still kind of slow burning that in the commentary, in how they act towards each other, etc. Um, so they're keeping the titles. They've knocked off the two kind of the 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 former champions and the number one competitors. They're going to go to NXT this week. What's next for the women's tag division, or do we move away from that into just the drama of Sasha and Bailey now? What should they do? Do you mm. think, Nick? I feel like they need to pick one. I feel like if they're going to have a Bailey and Sasha program, then they don't need to be doing the tag team thing. I I, I don't mind them doing it, but it feels like it's too much of them right now. But time got- and time and time again, we've seen the tag team partners breaking up, and they use that to create extra drama. Sure. Sure. Do they need that in this? Uh, that's actually what I thought they might kick off tonight and why I picked the Iconics, because the Iconics could take the tag belts and go and... We, we've heard rumblings that uh, they were going to be defended on NXT. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart and Tegan Knox are tweeting about it. So I figured put it on the Iconics and let's take it back to NXT. Let's do have some matches over there and let's let Bailey and Sasha do the thing that we've been wanting them to do for almost a year now since Sasha's return. And that's have some sort of breakup and really, really go at each other over the SmackDown Women's Championship uh, for a long-term program. And I do have to break in here and announce yes. that Van- that Nick Guard won Uh-oh. has just made a delivery to Esme for a BWO logo tee, one of the new designs that you put together, yes. certainly and dangerous for our new graphics that I still have to update nice. on social media. I keep forgetting to do that. Come on. Thank man. you very much, Esme. Enjoy the shirt. Thank you, Esme. Thank you very much, uh, love. Billy, Billy, I believe, is having a crisis of conscience of whether he would get beard envy or not, so I think he's going to get a sunglasses tee <laughs> instead of the beard tee. But either way, Billy, thank you. Hey, one or the other. Yeah. Either way, you got to have a gimmick. Um, yeah. It's funny because in my notes, I actually have you as picking Sasha and Bailey. If you did pick the Iconics here, that's even worse for your pick and score. Oh, no, 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 no. But, I, uh, I think I'd, I'm pretty sure I did call Sasha and Bailey to retain. Oh, you did? Yeah. Okay, I good. wanted the Iconics just fundamentally uh, to pick it back up here, same way they did at Mania last year. So I, that's what I thought was going to happen, yeah. and we, and we were going to have a whole program with their res- resurgence. So I see. I see. Yeah, no. I, yeah, no. Yeah. <laughs> that was they, a fluke they just when got they won at Mania. It wasn't, and it, exactly, that was, that was our thing. They just got it a week ago. We've got more story to tell with this. The question is, if they really start kicking this into high gear, at Extreme Rules, or if we're going to run this all the way to SummerSlam, have the turn at SummerSlam, and then run the program for the rest of the year. So that's really the question. Uh, or if they're swerving us all, and something else happens with Banks and Bailey. I, I, I don't know. I'm a, I, I don't I, know. I don't there, know. There's only so many horsewomen of NXT that they can, they can show, and if they're, two of them are friends, that's even less feuds they can run. So We saw how long that lasted yeah. with the T with, uh, with Becky and Charlotte, so... Pull the trigger. We're we're Pull ready. We're waiting to it, see Sasha and Bailey 2.0. Please make it happen. Pull the trigger. It worked out okay for Becky <laughs> when you pulled the trigger on it. Uh, next up was Jeff Hardy versus Sheamus in the Who Smells More Like P match. Right. <laughs> uh, and I'm not going to lie. I, you know, you and I both were very vocally displeased with the angle on last SmackDown. Um, more because of we didn't like it was kind of distasteful to do a Jeff Hardy 
is a recovering junkie angle as opposed and like as a whole and kind of yeah. like the public the public shaming thing as opposed to you know the shame is makes Jeffy Hardy take a take a piss test like that's just it's tasteless on top of tasteless but I don't necessarily not like tasteless in my wrestling it's when it's tasteless and needlessly harmful to Jeff I, I, I again I don't I mean I don't even know it's harmful to Jeff maybe he Jeff maybe he thinks it's cathartic. But to me, it's just, it's cringy. Yeah. You know, the whole like throwing the pee in Seamus's face is, all right, fine, it's wrestling. I mean, we thought making you know, people eat but, dog food was bad three months ago. I mean, now, uh, now we're throwing beakers of piss on Seamus. Beakers of like really dark, the man needs to drink some water piss too. Like just <laughs> throw it there. It was like, it was like syrupy. Uh, like, come on. Okay. All right. <laughs> and then the slow motion of Seamus with his mouth open going, So then we got this one. So I wasn't excited for this match. And I was surprised. It actually, it actually, it got, they got me into this match by the end of it. It started really? off a little bit kind of like, okay, but by the, by the end, they got me into it. They were hitting hard. They were going at it. Seamus was beating the absolute crap out of Jeff. Jeff was doing some great selling and some great like babyface comeback stuff. It's what he does best. Two very talented wrestlers going out there and working. You know, not the most complex match ever, but it was fine. It was fine. It, it was fine. It was fine. I it over delivered for what I expected. I'll put it that way. That's it was about what I expected. I wouldn't say it over delivered. Uh, um, it was. A match we've seen Sheamus and Jeff Hardy have not against each other, but it's the, they've had those matches plenty of times before. Where it, mm. it's like you said, it's fine. It was fine. Yeah, I mean, I I, I would give it like a a, a P P plus. No, okay. Uh, so the question is: at the end of this whole thing, Sheamus ends up giving the big boot to old Jeff. Uh, put him down. Put him down at the very end, and wins. Which means, to me, this feud shall continue. Uh, should it continue, Nick? Because I feel like, on the one hand, as if I'm a wrestling booker, they've got some good heat behind this. The two guys hate each other. Maybe, and maybe this match didn't start off as hot as I felt like it should. Like, if, if someone had tried to run me over with a car and frame me... or Sorry, not run me over. Frame me for running someone over with a car and try to send me back to AA and make me lose my job and the respect of my family and friends, I wouldn't start off like, you know, uh, uh, coming to the ring and doing my little dance and stretching everything. I'd be really goddamn pissed and I'd try to kill the guy. Yeah. So they didn't quite have that intensity here yet, and I feel like they should have, but all of the pieces are there for them to have that intensity. And yeah, maybe it happens at Extreme Rules. Maybe it all comes to a It's head Extreme and, Rules. Know. This was a wrestling match. Have these guys escalate. Exactly. Maybe it should escalate. Would you want to see more of this? Sure. Yeah? It's better than Jeff Hardy beating down on Shorty Gable. Yo, you mean uh, Sheamus beating up, beating up Chad Gable. Sorry. It's better than Sheamus beating down on yeah. Chad Gable. Yes. Yeah, I agree. I'd rather have Sheamus in this feud than not. I just, can we turn this into they don't like each other now? Give Jeff Hardy something really tall to jump off of. And that sounds like extreme rules. Right? Have a ladder match. Sure. I don't know. Sure. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Give Jeff a ladder. Yeah. I don't know if he should have a ladder uh, over 40, but whatever. I, I wanted to see Jeff win here, and I think that's why I picked him is because... You did. I, I, I thought that it would be getting his back from the 
being framed for a felony DUI hit and run and, right. and putting Elias in the hospital. No. Excuse me, local we're, medical we're facility. Right. But but again, if you want to keep like if you want the baby face to feel like he's got to climb a mountain here, he's got a really big mean guy in Sheamus. And oh, now you really want to see him get his. So maybe he beats down Sheamus to extreme rules. Maybe. Fine. Okay. All right. I can wait. I can wait for this to continue sure. as as long as we don't get too many more segments like last Friday. Because no. No. I think again, I think fundamentally they're building this correctly. And this match, like I said, it was fine. My only fear is not bad. that we saw with the dog food, it started out as a one off with the dog food, and then it turned into the Usos and, and then, Roman eating dog and food, Vince, and then somebody everybody everybody's eating dog yeah. food all of a sudden. How do we get more pee in this angle? Right. There's just no more How no do, more can, pee. Can we have Jeff Hardy actually pee on Seamus in the corner? Can, can he swanton bomb into Come a on, giant pal. vat of pee? I need you to not choke up like that Drake Drake Maverick kid and actually like actually get a good stream going on him in the corner. Oh. I want to see that. I want to see that white skin turn yellow. Come on, Jeff. God. Come on, pal. <laughs> so you picked Jeff in this, which puts you at th- at one and three. Yeah, me I, with three, yeah. you with I did one. Not have so a good pick them. Pick up, yeah, it's it doesn't get much better for you from here. But, that was it. But, but the show also didn't get much better for you because the next match was Nia Jax versus Asuka uh, for the Raw Women's Championship. The match you were waiting all night for, Nick. Say it with me. She's not like most girls. Come on, get it stuck in your head all night. Yeah. Nia. Hey, hey, no? ho, ho. Hey, ho, ho. Ms. Morrison. Uh, that's what's stuck Ross in my Roman's head. got to go. Uh, Ew. All right. Nia Jax versus Asuka. All right. Well. Hang on. Before we get to I that one, uh, Kyle snuck okay. a uh, super chat in. I want to get to it. Uh, it's about the last match. Thank you very much, Kyle, for the five bucks super chat. The good thing about this Hardy and Sheamus feud, they don't need to stall for either of them like Roman for Mania. That's a good point. There's no there, there's no need to pump the brakes at all. They can just let those two go. They have got their own program. Yeah. There's. You don't have to deal with the Usos and all other and Corbin and his lackeys and just other things, Elias and all, yet. all the different things orbiting. Not, but not yet. <laughs> wait till Elias Hopefully gets back. It's, right, Elias gets back and Chad Gable wants some revenge on Sheamus, and so Sheamus goes and gets uh, Cesaro and and because his old his old buddy Cesaro from the bar with Nakamura, and then we have a whole whole bunch of stuff going on. Yeah. Yay! Thank you, Kyle. <laughs> Yay. Nia Jax versus Asuka. Um, I, I'll say this. Asuka did her best. She did her best to make this a, 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 an actual match. Yeah. You know, it was, it was big monster versus fiery little baby face. Um, Asuka starts getting beat down, and then Nia says, where's Kyrie?" Sorry, it's Nia. Where's Kyrie? Oh, my God. And... Oh, uh, God. I, like, where is Kyrie? I want oh. to see Nia, and I'm going to say this as objectively as I can. I want to see Nia evolve into a better base for some of these smaller women to work off. We saw, we saw glimmers of hope when she would work with, like, Ronda Rousey. Um, yeah. But, I, but I, I legit, she, I, she should be a phenomenal base for someone like an Asuka, as experienced as she, she is. She was. That octopus looked great, and then she countered it. Like totally. it, that looked really good. It, yes, but it's it, there's something still not hitting the mark. There's something that's just not landing, and it, I just it, something's missing, and I just don't. I can't. 
Is you guys know how I feel about Nia, but all of that aside, I, I have hopes that she'll find her place as being that monster base that everybody can work off of. And she just really hasn't hit it yet. And it's only the most experienced ladies that are able to find and and work with her effectively. Yeah. We, we've seen we've seen Alexa Bliss have a lot of problems in the past working with Nia. Uh, we've seen several ladies have problems working with Nia who shouldn't have problems. But I would ex- I, I would expect an Asuka to have a really good showing with someone as big and as, as powerful as Nia because she is Or at least a decent showing. She, and she this can was be a this good was base. Yeah. This was this was the one of the most lackluster matches on the card yeah. because it was just there first of all this is the person who took out your best friend. And that story wasn't really there. It was there only at the one moment where Oscar was like, oh, that's right. You beat up my friend. I'm going to kick twice. your ass. Um, beat her up twice, whether that was intentional or not. Um, and then the ending, the problem was is that we, we didn't even get a good ending to this. It was a count-out ending. They're brawling on the outside, and they get counted out. So Oscar retains, but we don't have a solid finish, which means we're going to see it again. At Extreme Rules, Nick. Okay. We're going to get more of this. We're going to get more of this. And there wasn't any, any crowd there to crap on it the way that a live crowd would. Um, Can you see so the, it's, the, the glee and the joy in my face? Mm, gleeful. Yeah. Very gleeful. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I just... I Okay, so the one thing here is we knew that Nia was going to be the next competitor for the Raw champion no matter what. Becky went out uh, with pregnancy... And Nia was supposed to have been her next challenger. I like Nia better with the story that they're propping up here, which is Asuka doesn't feel like she's a legit champion because she was handed her championship belt instead of winning it. So once again, she didn't win it in this match. So Nia is the monster she has to overcome to legitimize herself as champ. That's a good story. That's a good story. And I think that if they really turn into that and drive that home more as opposed to kind of starting that on this show, they can do something with that. The problem is, is how good of a match are you going to get out of Nia with Asuka? Really? No, you're not. It's, it's, it's not, not going to be that simple. The, yeah, the high watermark is not going to be no. as high as, as when she moves on and goes on to somebody else and, yeah. you know, picks back up with Charlotte or whatever. Because her and Charlotte, the last two weeks on Raw, have just been like, ah. Oh. It's so refreshing. Terrible endings, but. Yeah, so. Um, also refreshing, that music video for Miz and Morrison. My goodness, let's talk about that, man. Braun Strowman versus Miz and Morrison for the Universal Championship. Uh, right at the beginning of the show, we find out, and apparently Miz and Morrison find out as they arrive at the arena, that this match now is for the Universal Championship, but instead of Miz and Morrison sharing it if they win, only one of them gets the belt if they win. Whoever gets the pinfall. Whoever gets the pinfall gets the belt, which Nick, in my books, makes this a triple threat match, right. does it not? It does. I mean, they're still tagging in and out, right? So it wouldn't. So I guess that's the only excuse is that they're tagging in and out. Is that there's still a tag team? It's a two-on-one handicap. But if yet, you had two tag yeah. teams and one guy was hurt and the other guy decided to go anyway, it'd, it'd be a, the same kind of thing as this. So, yeah, they were they were tagging in and out, kind of. They were tagging in and out. They, it was a great psychology of them trying to psych out the big man using the fact that there's two of them to get behind him, um, and ultimately. Because the second that they announced that rule, we had to know that one of them was going to mess with the other one when they tried to get the pinfall. Miz, quote-unquote, instinctually 
They had the big man beat. Morrison goes for the pin. Miz just instinctually goes and knocks Morrison out of the ring and then is very apologetic. I'm so sorry I didn't mean to. Doesn't go for the pin himself. I'm so sorry I didn't mean to. And, of course, Braun then mans up. Power slams Morrison. One, two, three. Braun retains, which was not surprising, nor was the means of the finish. But it does leave open the question, what now for Miz and Morrison? Is that going to drive a wedge between them? Mm. Or is this just a blip? Just a blip. I think they I hope so too. Got, I, they're looking a gift horse in the mouth with those two. And their act is amazing. I was commenting yeah, on the entire show. Yeah. Like they're 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 so funny and so fun. Their real life friendship is so goddamn wholesome too. Yeah. Uh that if they oh, yeah, if you split up Miz and Morrison, what are you doing? Yeah, it, it just, no. Just absolutely their not. music video for their new song had me absolutely tickled from the beginning to the end, whether it was the George Michael Miami Vice linen suit that that Miz had on, the fact that Morrison is like fake playing the Van Halen piano at the at the beginning and then just rips his jacket off and is topless the entire thing. Uh, uh, I'm sorry. The random harp. I'm sorry. I'm freaking out a little bit. Oh. I hate to cut in on everybody. What? what it, <sighs> I just got an email. You okay. I just got an email. Oh. This has absolutely okay. nothing to do with backlash. <clears throat> oh. Okay. New Japan Pro Wrestling event finally coming back tonight. Oh, God. It's back. I don't know what this is, but I... We, they, we knew they that. Sent me an email. We knew that, Nick. We, I, I know, but it's, it's, it's really happening, guys. Uh, we already knew that. <laughs> what, what's wrong with you? We already knew that that was going to happen tonight. I know. I just... I, now I know it's real. <laughs> and now I know it's real. I thought something oh, real was happening. I thought something like big was some big breaking news no, no. or something. That, Chris, Chris Statlander magically healed her knee or something, but no. Oh, oh God. It's, it's happening. Okay. Oh, All right. Okay. I'm very back excited to too, man. Sorry. Jeez, don't do that to me. Don't do that. All right. What next for Braun Strowman, Nick? Do you think he goes back to Bray? Does he... What happens next for him? I mean, this was, this was, this was a floater feud right here wasn't it no we need to we I, so what happens at extreme rules uh, that's what i'm saying like what what are we doing next I, what's next for Braun? I, I, otis otis like threatened at one point backstage he's going to come out and if Miz or morrison won he's going to cash in and part of me actually went, oh god i took that flyer on Miz and morrison but actually the guy that's going to walk out with the universal championship is going to be otis otis and i, I just I, I had that thought i think that was the intention that's what they wanted everybody to think but yeah, at the end of the day, going into this, I just realized that it was really dumb of me to think that that was even possible. I just thought they would team up, chop his legs out from under him, and sneak a pin in on him somehow. Uh, combined pin, or they'd stack on top of each other, or something like that. And yeah, it'd be really fun with both of them running around with a universal title going, no, I'm the champ, no, I'm the champ, no, I'm the champ, no, I'm the champ. Sort of Toriyanu Colt Cabana style. And I, I, I saw that as a potential fun. And then Otis reinforcing that at the beginning of the show with his little threats and Mandy with her jacked biceps uh, standing right behind him. I, I saw that potential. of the, And you know what? I would have popped hard. If that, if that whole what I just described had transpired, I think all of us would have just blown the roof off of our houses. So... I wouldn't have been mad at it at all, and it would have made a lot of sense as to why they did things that way. But this is fine. This Braun is not losing this championship. They're putting a lot. They have a, he has a whole new graphic for his entrance. It's finally not just like a big brown kind of poop stain on the wall. Yeah. It's actually like a train and stuff. 
Like he, they're letting him look cool. He's looking like a WWE champion right now. They're they're going to let him have a reign. If they don't, I, I think at least until SummerSlam. If they don't stop messing with his extremely rare Buick. It's not a Plymouth, Michael Cole. <laughs> it's a Buick. It says Buick on the front. It's a Buick Grand National. It's, a Plymouth. it's two it's completely a different car manufacturers. Oh, Michael Cole. Michael Cole never changed. Michael Cole. It's a 1986 twin turbo 3.8 liter Buick Grand National. Okay? <laughs> with, with no windshield. <laughs> Stop breaking his windshields. Oh, they broke his windshield again later. And we'll... We'll get to that. But first, before we get to that, we have to get to Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley. Yes, both your Universal and WWE Championship did not go on second to last. They did not go on last. They went on third and fourth to last. Drew McIntyre, Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship. More trouble in paradise backstage with MVP and Lana getting into it. But Lashley came out with just MVP who was cheering him on and apparently gave him some advice because he locked in the full Nelson on Drew before the bell rang, broke him down to the ground, and Drew had to fight upwards for most of this match. Which, by the way, was a baller match and the best match on this card at this point. <laughs> okay. Uh, I was uh, very pleasantly surprised by this match. Same. Same. This was a couple of big dudes... Doing shit big dudes shouldn't be able to do. And then some things that's scary when you watch big dudes do them. Mm -hmm. uh, and also, Nick, the other thing I want to call out, and maybe this is, was them calling back to their TNA feud, which was very MMA-flavored, but they were throwing in some moves in this match that you don't ever see them. They don't see them do. Drew did a Kimura lock on Lashley. We, we got Olympic... Was this... No, the Olymp that was later. We, we got ankle yeah. locks or... Yeah. <laughs> Trans, yeah, transfers into ankle locks and yeah, there was some great stuff, man. Uh, there was almost a tombstone pile driver. The hell was that? I don't know. It was great. I loved it. I love seeing more stuff in wrestlers' arsenals. It's one of the reasons why you and I like Ring of Honor or New Japan is seeing big arsenals. And too often in WWE, they tend to play it safe or you know, make it easy, easily digestible. And it's why you get the five move of doom syndrome, right? Where you have the moves that you recognize. Okay. Well, we know this move. Randy Orton is one of the biggest offenders using. of that. The, you know, the, one one of, the, of the biggest yeah. offenders. Yep. Um, so when you see some of these guys whipping out new moves into their move set and into the flow of the match, it's impressive. Yeah. It's entertaining. It's exciting. And this was exciting. Seeing these guys, this is the best match Lashley's had since he came back. I'm going to say it right Absolutely. now. Absolutely. He's had nothing near this caliber of match since he's returned to WWE. Yep. He looked great. His moveset looked great. He made Drew look great. Drew made him look great. Uh, this was very entertaining, very fun, fast-paced. And the only thing was that at the end... At just a seemingly arbitrary time, Lana comes sashaying down to the ring, hops up on the apron and starts bitching at the referee for some reason, which made no sense. And then, of course, because she's on the apron, Lashley keeps almost running into her, then does run into her. She takes out MVP on the outside. Lashley turns around into a Claymore 1-2-3. And, and, so, and I, I, I think I woke my lady up with a, God damn it! <laughs> 
Yep. Lana uh, the, Lana has never felt more out of place. Even when she went had a, a she she wrestled for two minutes. Uh you know, against Natalia and Carmella and what Naomi and whatever that run was. Right now she feels really out of place. And I think it has a lot to do with what we went through earlier this year with the wedding stuff and Rusev and all of that fallout. Um, but the she feels like she has nothing to do. And I, I saw we we had this match and it was going gangbusters, and the fact that Lana came out to ruin it. I, what are we? Are we? What, so we're we gonna have a divorce court now with Jerry the King Lawler? Just get the divorce over with, please. End that stupid angle. End that stupid it's angle. Just, it's got to be done because we La- we now is- saw what Lashley is capable of. You can't go back from that. It's been like a long torpedoing of Lana's career. Like, how is anyone ever going to want to see her ever again? And it's not good heat no. either. This is not like Vicky Guerrero heat. This is this is like, oh, God, you suck so much. Yep. And it's it made her look stupid to come down to the ring and cost the match in just such a, as I said, arbitrary way. It makes her look petty to keep sniping at MVP. And, and, you know, Lashley just kind of looked at her and walked away. Like, it's just, the whole thing is just kind of eye-rolling. And it's not helping her. No. And it's not going to help her in the future. This is not, you're not positioning her for to be a great heel manager later or to have a career after this. This is going to make people not want to see her. If she's on her own after Lashley and she split up, what's she going to do? You've ruined her. You've made everyone just be like, oh, you suck. Not and not like even not even in a Baron Corbin way. So it's yeah, it's kind of sad to see. And it was sad that this match was ruined in this way because it wasn't a really good match yep. up until that point. Agreed. Which indicates to me that Lashley Drew will, will continue though. So at least we have that to think about, Nick, is yes, they they bungled the end here, but maybe that bungling was just so we can see an extreme rules match between the two of them. And that will be awesome as well. Put and in a cage so, so Lana can't get in there. You know, something like that. <laughs> Lana in a shark cage. Oh, that, no, that, don't do it. No, that, that, no, no, actually, no, Nick. It's actually not no. a bad idea. No, it's a terrible idea. No, Nick. What do you want, Lana on a pole? No. No, I do. Keep her away, okay? Uh, hello. Uh, no. Just, what's the difference? <laughs> hello. Actually, never, oh, my. What have I said? Ah, uh, okay. Let's... <laughs> Let's let's backpedal out of that one. Let's <laughs> indicators we've talked about this for too long. Right. All right. We both called Drew to retain here. Of course. Uh, this will probably continue. So awesome. Yeah. Now we get to the part of the show where stuff's going to get real interesting because shit got weird shit from got here. Weird. <laughs> um. Uh, I Nick, felt like we I was watching there- a Netflix B movie. So we thought when we did the pickums that we were going to see New Day versus versus Cesaro and Nakamura for the SmackDown tag titles. That was not the match we got. We got Street Profits versus Viking Raiders. Anything you can do, I can do better. Finally, for the tag team titles for Raw. Finally, we're getting a wrestling match. Was what we were promised. Yep. That was not what was delivered. But before we get to that, uh, in the Super Chat, Line Drive Kyle, thank you very much, 199. Thank he you, says, sir. Punk did propose a shark cage in December. Yes, and I shit on it then, and I shit on it still. <laughs> it's more appropriate now, I think, yeah. for the shark cage. But Because the whole point is to keep the person in the shark cage out of the ring and not unable to do anything. Right. But, no! Oh, God, no! 
Street Profits versus Viking Raiders never got started as a match because it started as a brawl backstage. These guys who are all very friendly with each other are brawling backstage? What? Um, all right. Well, they brawl backstage, and there's all kinds of... This is going to be a really tough match to describe, Nick, because so much happened. There was so many gags and weird things that happen in this. It was a it much- student film is what, uh-oh. Good Lord. What is happening? Oh, we dropped again. We are hang, back. Hang, no. hang on. Hello. Hang on. I think we're back. Are we still going? No, wait one second. Let it recover. Okay. Are we back? Uh. Hey, hey, ho, ho, Ms. and Morrison. Okay, we're back. All right. Wow, okay, that was a little hey. freeze there. All right. I think we're back. Sorry about that, guys. See, the Street Profits versus the Viking Raiders was such a bizarre match. It broke our stream. Yeah. That was That's just, no, or, or talking about Lana for way longer than we needed to. <laughs> Torpedo. Uh, this was a ninth graders student film. Is what it, it felt like a parody oh, wow. of the first Fast and Furious movie and like Miami Connection or something. Some shitty Netflix B movie. I just I and and I love stuff like that. I have a weak spot for those kinds of things. But I I, I was told at the beginning of the show after all of these antics over the last few weeks, we were finally going to get a wrestling match for the Raw Tag Team Championships right. between I'm not ever going to call them War Machine again because they've they've lost that privilege. No, they're Viking Raiders. They are the Viking Raiders now. They're Viking Raiders. <laughs> uh, they're the so Viking I, Experience. You call them the Viking Experience. Yes. That's it's, that's, it's yep. more apropos that they are called the Viking Experience at this point. Than yep. they are the Viking Raiders because they're not raiding anything. They're just kind of doing experiences like axe throwing. Anyway, yeah, no. This so was, this had, was all over the place. So we had people get put through the windshield of Braun's car. Then they fight inside, and Montez Ford ends up getting a, taking a bowling ball to the balls after they all get chased off with axes. And then they're outside, and uh, Dawkins puts Ivar through a, a, a pane of glass outside. Ivar starts dreaming about turkey legs again. And then, Nick, shit got really weird. As if that, I mean, it was already kind of bizarre. Pause, because Billy Stickler just gave us nine ninety nine in the Super Chat and says, Holla, if you hear me. Holla, holla, holla. No, no, no. <laughs> no, Big Papa Pump. Holla, oh. if you hear me. Oh, okay. All my pumps and pump sets. Um, so, then, they're in the parking lot, still kind of brawling. And they turn around, and a whole bunch of black-clad dudes on motorcycles roll up. The lead one gets off, takes off his helmet. It's goddamn Akira Tozawa, now apparently playing the boss of a group of motorcycle-riding ninjas. And we proceed to have a parking lot brawl with motorcycle ninjas. Motorcycle ninjas. And after the, the Street Profits and Viking Raiders who now are calling themselves the Viking Prophets? Or was it the Street Raiders? Viking yeah, and Prophets. They, they even had like sort of Japanese-style graphics. Like a, a shuriken came in and goes, shing! And it's like got, they've got a new logo and yeah. shing! All these graphics that come across and all. <laughs> like with, the, with, the, with the, the red solo cups and axes kind of intertwined. Right. And at so this point, I'm like, all right, I'm checking my brain out. Let's go. I'm just I'm they, having a good time. <laughs> right. I just, just, you got to go with it, man. Yeah. We're, we've, eat, we've eaten the spiked brownies. Just enjoy the ride. So we're, then they beat all the ninjas. They go back to, to Kiritazau, who says, wait, 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 mate, mate, mate. Wait, wait, wait. And he starts, he starts summoning 
He starts summoning, and he gets really into summoning, and all of a sudden, next to him, this seven-foot-tall, gigantic ninja shows up. I think it was Babatunde, or Babatumbe, Mamatumbe, yeah. whatever. One of the big guy from NXT shows up, dresses a ninja, and all, of the, all four of the Street Profits and, and uh, the Viking Profits just go... Yeah, nah, we're not messing yeah. with. He pulls out a big old sword. Um, nah, fam. I, Ivar actually uses the force. He calls his turkey leg, which had fallen into the bush, like Thor's hammer. Takes a big bite out of it, and then the ninja pulls out his samurai sword, and they all go, "Yeah, we're we're not messing with. No, we're out." They all Eric, go jump Eric on tries top to of, go in and go, "I got this," and they're like, "Nah, fam, don't no, do it. You, don't no, go. you don't. No, you don't. You really don't." <laughs> Those are ninjas, fam. Uh, they end up running down the tops of one of the production trucks and all falling slash jumping slash being thrown into a pile of garbage wherein Ref Jess shows up and repeats the catchphrase, the tagline, the oft-repeated line that Ivar is so cute and the other guy, you not so much. Eric, not so much. And then there was an alligator in the trash. I... No... Come on, pop culture movie references. That was the trash compact. I know it was the thing from Star Wars, but it looked like an alligator tail. It makes more sense. It looked like a giant tentacle just flopping around. I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So this went on for a long time. There was a lot of gags getting thrown around. And you know what, Nick? I'll, I'll say this. Some of them hit. Some of them didn't. And for the first five minutes or so, I was definitely like, I was so mad that we weren't getting the damn wrestling match finally. I want the tag team division to be taken seriously. I want my wrestling match. Hashtag my wrestling. But goddamn, by the end, I was like, this is really actually really funny as hell. Yeah, this is, this is quite enjoyable. I, I, damn it, that was really funny. I, I have two new t-shirt funny. ideas I have to share with you. Sorry, guys, I can't tell you here on the air. But we, we got a couple of new t-shirt designs to make. Like, I... I want to hate this. I know if I went back, if I go back and watch this, there's going to be so many lines I'm just going to want to like keep repeating. Yeah. And moments that I thought were funny as hell. Um, What's the I, thing Montez Ford does? She wants Ava, but, <laughs> but not, not Eric. Like <laughs> there was, yeah, little things like that. Like they're they're all obviously having so much fun with this. Yeah. Like they're basically, hey, go out and just goof off and have fun. It's cinematic. Like. You guys, your role is not to have wrestling matches. That's what everyone else is doing. Your role is to make people not think about everything else that's going on in the world today that I'm not, not going to mention because I don't want you all to think about it. Don't think about it. Think about this goofy-ass, I can't even call it a match, experience. Yeah. Viking Profits experience that happened because I guarantee I didn't think about a damn thing but this the entire time I watched it. And I was hating myself for like for chuckling everything because again, what a match, Nick. <laughs> but I can't deny this was entertaining. I can't deny it. I want yeah. to deny it, but I can't. It was too fun. Yeah. Uh, a couple of super chats. Esme sent ten bucks in. Thank you Thank very you. much, Esme. She says, "War Machine, it's War Machine." Damn it. Not anymore. Esme, sorry. I, I'm so sorry. Yeah, no, War Machine is dead. Long live Viking Raiders. Yes. If. Uh, yeah, that's kind of like Anderson and Gallows being Bullet Club. Like it, you know, when they came to WWE, Bullet Club go bye bye, no more too sweet. And now it's the same thing with uh, with War Machine. Now they're they're officially Viking freaking Raiders now. Yep. 
Yeah. Also, we got uh, Kyle with another five bucks. Thank you very much, sir. It says the only thing this was missing was pirates. Where's Paul Burchill when you need him, damn it? They're going to have a sequel. There's going to be more of this. Yeah. Paul Burchill is still out there. I'm saying he and Carlito could show up real easy. There you real go. easy. Oh, yeah. I mean, now the, I mean, while we're at it, what, what, is Akira Tozawa going to show up with a bunch of ninjas on, on Raw next week? Are they going to ride crotch rockets down to the, is this, down is the this, ramp? <laughs> is this canon? Is this canon or is this like in another world? I'm just curious. Esme makes a great point in the chat, by the way. She says, this is no stadium stampede. And it's not. This was like a tenth. Do you think this was a counter to that? Absolutely. She makes a great point. I think this was absolutely them going, dude, if you're going to do Stadium Stampede and everyone's going to frost your balls over it, we're absolutely going to do – we're going to go crazy too. Look at us. We can do gags as well, guys. So, Brian, to, to counter what you just – what Esme said, said this was like ordering a steak and getting cotton candy and funnel cake instead. I can't be mad, but damn it, I still want my steak. And hopefully some point we get our steak, and I've got more I steak. I think we will. I got more steak metaphor coming up actually in the next match. Yeah. So hold on to the steak metaphor. But you're you're he's not wrong. Right. It's ordering something or expecting something, being told something's coming, and then you get something else. And the something else you get is really good, but totally different to what you were expecting. Right. And maybe later on when I feel like cotton candy and funnel cake, I'll go back and watch this match again and be like, uh, it's sweetly sweet. It's it's melting on my tongue. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm still my brain is still kind of reeling from this match. Um, I gotta admit, I'm also a fan of the turkey legs. I can't go to a Renaissance fair without without having a giant turkey leg. So I'm, well, you I do look you do look like Ivar's first form. So that's, that's not really that's surprising. True. That's true. Yeah, yeah. There's too many people that write us on this show and go that you're really attractive. Me, not so much. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of our gag. They're stealing, but it's they okay. Want that was the first Nick, but not dangerous. <laughs> So, Nick, it's time. We finally have to do this. We have to move on and talk about the greatest wrestling match match ever, 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 ever. Between Edge and Randy Orton. (laughs) Oh, God. So, (sighs) the greatest wrestling match ever. Yeah. How How they build this. And the match starts off with with Michael Cole announcing as if it's this great thing. We have enhanced the sound for your enjoyment and extra camera angles. We've actually, we've made this an even more special match than it already was, which of course is Michael Cole WWE's for we pre-recorded this match to make sure that we could edit it so that it was no botches and it was exciting. We piped in a bunch of fake crowd noise because we only got 20 people in the damn building and they're all exhausted by this point and don't know when to cheer and when not to cheer because they're worried about getting freaking fired. So then we're going to have a couple of camera angles. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. They actually had one of those. This is awesome. That was the PC people. I know. I know. That was their their version of this is awesome. This is awesome. God, I, I want to sit down. I think they went to pond5.com and just downloaded like a uh, some stock audio from uh, Beehive and just laid it over the top as like room tone. We need to go from Pond5 to Pond Far because we need to get some serious <laughs> excitement in here. And if you want to get people lit up, yeah. you know it's all about Pond Far. That's for my nerds out there. Okay. Um, so we got the piped in crowd noise. We also got piped in Howard Finkel's freaking ghost. 
because when they dropped down, this was one that, man, I'm, I'm still figuring out how I feel about this. You had, you had little Nate as the ref dressed in the old powder blue with the bow tie. So throwback ref attire. You have the old Madison Square Garden drop-down microphone with the two mice coming out the back and a spotlight on it. No one there but the voice of Howard Finkel, right, may you rest in peace, announcing... And the old MSG Edgerin. logo from yeah, back exactly. in the WWF kind of days. Yeah, and, and early 80s, yeah. Yep. So real throwback feel to start with that, and I... Mm. You know what this felt like to me, what my, my gut reaction was? is like, this is some shit I would create in 2K. Like this is this like I would I would have like the old throwback arena with the old ref uniform and I'd have Fink announcing and I'd have like I could pick I'd pick the performance center as a as a venue and I'd have like different crowd things. It was like a creator wrestler kind of supercut. And I I it felt silly. And I didn't take it seriously at first. I mean once they got going, they got going. Mm-hmm. But the setup initially and all of the noise and all that stuff uh, it's just no, no. It's it's just too much. It's funny because some of it I liked and some of it I hated and some of it I just I don't know how I feel about yet. You know what I mean? I don't know how I feel about Ghost Finkel. Like it, I, I as a tribute, great, but it just felt like it was capitalizing on it a little bit too, and it just I I, I haven't quite the show just happened. I haven't quite settled on that one yet. I don't know. I hated, hated. The piped-in crowd noise, the the fake cheers and the fake boos, and we were debating it in the in the chat uh, while while it was all going on. We were debating it in Discord, and some people didn't mind it, and some people liked it, and some people like me hated it. Um, to me, it felt so forced. It felt like a bad sitcom with yeah. with a laugh track. It felt fake. You could tell there wasn't a big crowd there, and the timing of it was off, and it just. Uh, you know what I mean? It's it was like because Nick, let's 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 say let's say this. It was not the greatest wrestling match ever. Correct. But you know what it was? A goddamn good match. Yeah, it was. It was really freaking good. And but had they just crowd- left it alone and not done all this pomp and circumstance, not done all of this staging of everything, Some of and it just was- let those two brilliant, brilliant performers have yeah. their time, it, it would have been flawless. But this is the thing, is to go back to the steak analogy, it was like having a, a, like a perfectly cooked steak. And you don't know if it's the best steak in the world, but it's, a, it's one of the best steaks you've had in a while, right? You know, it's, yeah. you know it's a damn good steak. Like, it's a really good steak. Yeah. But then they like threw a bunch of confetti on the plate, and then they, there's like a whole bunch of garnishes around it, and like you've got waiters coming up to you while you're eating it and like singing stuff at you and you're just like can I just enjoy my goddamn steak without all this extra bullshit please all the extra bullshit is ruining my experience of this steak it's well said and that's what this match was was a whole bunch of extra shit some of which kind of actually messed with the flavor of the steak itself that we didn't need and honestly I would have enjoyed the steak more if on the outside of the restaurant it hadn't said best steak in the world because now I'm judging that steak. And I'm getting a steak that if I, if I hadn't seen that, I'd be like, man, this is one of the best steaks I've had this year. I can't remember the last steak I had. This, it was this good. But now I'm sitting there going, ah, oh, but is it the best steak in the world? 
Uh, time, probably not. Of ever. All time, no. Of all time, no. It's not the best steak in the world. I'm immediately shooting on the steak. Ever. What's on immediately shooting on the steak? So there was a and, – and again, like, yes, we can go off on the metrics and all of the – the online clicks and everything that WWE is trying to get with this title and, and pushing this and, and advertising, it still does a disservice to this match because, dude, let's not make any bones about it. Orton and Edge went out there and de- they delivered a goddamn clinic. They had an absolutely amazing match that started off, I thought, in first gear and ended up between fifth and sixth. Like I actually thought the psychology was really basic at first and then they dialed it up. And the only nitpick I have about the last third of the match is they started doing finisher spam, like homages to other people's finishers, and I thought that was a little cheesy. But I have to nitpick because it's hard to do anything else. This match was very, very, very good. Yes. And, and frankly, I enjoyed the finisher spam. I enjoyed the throwback. I enjoyed sure. the nostalgia. Hashtag and, my wrestling, you know? Yeah. And, and honestly, like, you're, I, like I said, it's my opinion. I just, I'm nitpicking. I, yeah. I totally understand if people have other opinions. Speaking of opinions in the super chat, Esmeralda, thank you, love, $2. She says, Little Nate, Charles Robinson, love him. Me too. He was the perfect man for this match. Also, big horror fan. So, much love to my dude. The only Chuck thing that he R. could have done better in this match was at the end, take, all, take that old uniform off and just start doing Ric Flair elbow drops on it. That would have been great. That would have been great. Um, about as good as them doing finisher spam. Yeah. <laughs> Or, or like, rip off his outfit and realize he's dressed as Chucky, Chucky doll, because he kind of looks like yeah. Chucky doll. Yeah. A little bit, you know? Yeah. He looks like, a, like if, if uh, like take Ric Flair out of the picture, he looks like John Gruden and the Chucky doll had a baby. And Super Chat. Uh, also, Marshall, with two bucks, he says, what? Don't look at me like that, Nick. Marshall says, tearing your bicep and still going hard is insane. It was actually his tricep. So, Edge, Marshall brings up a good point. Edge tore his tricep in this match. You can actually see it bruising up by the end. And he still that, went. Uh, post spot where Randy pulled him into the post. Yeah. Popped it. Yep. Popped it. And, and Orton bled at one point. And I'm not convinced it wasn't hard way. Because Edge headbutted him. And that first headbutt looked like to me. I even said when he did. I'm like, ooh, that looked square on the money. And then his second headbutt to, to, to Orton was, was right on the brow. Wild, right wild on the orbital left. bone. He, his second headbutt was really protected, overprotected. Like he was, they did a replay of it. He was just wide left on it, yeah, uh, trying to protect him. So I feel like he caught him on the first one because if you're gonna blade, you normally don't do it on, <laughs> right where Orton did. It was a weird mm-hmm. place to catch it. So I feel like no, that might have. He popped run. him right on his orbital bone. That's real easy to break if you ever any boxing match ever. They always. Pop oh yeah, that. that's that's why I thought that was a, a headbutt yeah. that actually clipped him. Um, Jonathan with three fifty. Thank you very much, sir. Thank and, you, sir. Kyle with two bucks says match felt like a ruthless aggression era tribute. It certainly did. Lots of throwbacks to that. Um, Viva la raza. Lots of lots of nostalgia spots. So angle slams and pedigrees and rock bottoms and all kinds of homages. Um, oh, I, I totally busted out the JR rock bottom, rock bottom, <laughs> rock bottom. So, thanks to all of you for all those super chats. By the way. Yeah, seriously, guys, you you rock. Uh, you rock almost as hard as this match. No, you rock harder than this match because the ending was Randy Orton. They both kicked out of moves, by the way. Randy Orton kicks out of two spears, and Edge, prior to that, kicked out of two RKOs, something no one's kicked out of in years. Years. And he kicked out of two RKOs. Randy kicks out of two spears and ultimately has to give Edge the punt, which he also hasn't broken out in a match in a long time. He had to give him the punt to put him down. And I can find no more fitting 
or ironic finish to this match, Nick, given Randy's recent antics on Twitter, than him ending the match with a resounding leg slap move. Yeah. That's just a little bit too perfect. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm almost wondering if, if, that, if it was intentional because of that. The punt is too perfect a way to finish it, though, yeah. given everything. You know, that's his, that's his legend killer move. And he's yep. putting down another, another legend. And then he gets down to the ground next to Edge afterwards, gets right up in his face. Edge is, Edge is literally crying. He is, tears are actually streaming down his face. And Randy goes, go home. Go home to your wife, Beth. Go home to your kids, Lyric and Ruby. And tell them Uncle Randy said hi. <sighs> and he gets out of the ring, and Edge is just left there staring at the lights. With a bus Wouldn't truck, get on the backboard, refused to, refused nope. medical help. Shakes off the bad board, backboard. Uh, Randy's Love at the it. top of the ramp, staring back at him. Edge gets to the ropes, and then we have like cut back and forth between Edge and Randy's face to close the show. We have like a like an expression off, like who can do the most expressions in the least amount of time. Uh, 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 uh. They do their expressions. That's the end of the show. Um, so this was a shock. We both called Edge to win this because. The way this was built, Edge needed to get his mojo back. He needed to prove he was the better wrestler. If he didn't win this, it really undercuts him. He's got a bigger hill to climb to come back. And now, not only does he have to overcome the fact that he was beaten by Randy Orton in a straight-up wrestling match, but he's also got a legit injury. So where does this leave Edge after this match? Well, speaking from firsthand experience, my injury that I had surgery on on February 18th, which is right at four months ago, just shy of a little bit more than four months ago, uh, was a torn bicep tendon. So they had to like, it wasn't my shoulder or anything like that. So if he tore his tricep tendon, it's, it's three months. I can't, it's three months before you can load up your shoulder again because they have to go back and work on mobility and all that stuff. So it's not just a tendon reattachment or a soft tissue repair, you have to refix your shoulder all over again. And I mean, he was still six, using the six arm. six months. He was still using the arm, so it's, it, one wonders how bad the tear was. Well, I mean, uh, my injury happened Memorial Day last year. I didn't get you. the MRI till January, and I moved house. So it's, you can still use your arm. Your body will compensate for other places. Right. But once you have the surgery and the repair, it's six months of PT. It's six <sighs> months of training. Damn. Well, if there's one thing we know about Edge is that he'll come back and train the shit out of it because he's got grit. So he will he will come back only stronger. And that's going to be right around ooh, Road to WrestleMania. Road, road to WrestleMania time. Not saying, just saying. Not Edge, saying. another surprise entrance at, at WrestleMania? Or sorry, at Royal Rumble? At Royal Rumble, maybe. Maybe. Maybe, Nick. Um, by that point, the crowd will be back, so they'll be very happy to see him there maybe. again. So... All right, here let's let's put our final cap on this. Did the match live up to the hype? No. Did it <laughs> exceed what we thought it was going to be realistically? Yes. But I don't have words So then for it. is it so then is it a success? You By gave what? the perfect analogy. I went to Morton's and I ordered the finest steak I could get, but for some reason a mariachi band, a juggler and a lounge singer all showed up and stood over the top of me while I was trying to eat the steak. And it's like, n- no, just go away. <laughs> I just, I want to enjoy this $100 steak that I just ordered. Leave right. me alone. Yeah. And, and, and I, when you, nothing yeah. left me alone. But and I was able to focus eventually. when you tell the story to your friends eventually. later, 
when you tell your, the story to your friends later, you will say, man, I had the best steak, but they just wouldn't leave me the hell alone. Yep. And that's, I, I'm afraid it's how this match is going to go down in history is it was an absolutely amazing match. Wasn't the greatest match ever. That's always going to be the asterisk yeah. after this match. It was an absolutely fantastic. It may be the best match WWE main roster puts on this year. It True. could, it could, it's the best one they've had so far. I can't think of, I mean, AJ Daniel Bryan was a barn burner on, on Friday. This is better than that. We, we've had I've, two match of the year contenders in the last 48 hours. As match of the year for main roster WWE. Sure. This was not as good as Okada Naito. This was not as good as Okada Ibushi. Sure. Sorry. It's I'm, not I'm, the best match of the that. year. I agree with it's in it's in it's in the discussion. Sure, it can be in the discussion. So far, it's a tough year. <laughs> I I, I, <laughs> I want to be clear about something else too. I appreciate their their ability to try new things and experiment. I appreciate the the innovative work that it took to do a pre recorded innovative uh, style of match where you could post produce yep. it, layer in some sound mix because that's not easy. Uh, layer all of that stuff in, have some ups and downs in your levels. They, they should have made it, the, they should have made it easy on themselves and just not done it. You should have just not done it. Yep. And that, I hope, <laughs> I hope you recognize that. I hope you learn the lesson. I hope you did it and you're never going to do it again because you, you but, saw what happened. But Nick, people liked it and people do like it out there and that's fine. That's fair. Like I know a lot of people that can watch sitcoms and hear the laugh track and they don't mind it. They, you know, makes them laugh at the right time. A lot of people are like, oh, thank God, crowd noise. So that's not, that's not a lesson. I didn't like it. You didn't like it. I don't think WWE is going to change that. No. Um, and, I, I, and I do wonder, as a little asterisk to this before we move on and move out, is that we both agree it was a success against itself. It was not a success against its billing or its hype, but it was a success against, against our expectations of what it realistically would be. But... I wonder if it would have been, or if it could have been, if they didn't edit the shit out of it yeah. and they didn't shoot it in this way. Yeah. I wonder. I wonder. Um, and overall as, as backlash. What, overall what do you, what backlash. Do um, well, one thing I will say, I hope they keep the overhead cam because I love that in Lucha Underground. I love it in boxing matches. Like, keep that overhead cam from the Randy Orton Edge match. Keep that. Overall, <sighs> meh. Honestly, it was there. I don't know if I'll remember this pay-per-view for anything other than the, the greatest wrestling match ever and the Viking Raider Street Profits shenanigans in six months. Um, a lot of the matches were just kind of there. Uh, I didn't expect much from this pay-per-view, and it kind of fulfilled those expectations. Yeah. I'll remember it as uh, Bobby Lashley almost killing Drew McIntyre. <laughs> uh, the one thing we didn't talk about that outside spot where he tried to hoist him up and then lost his balance and then fell forward him on his head. And luckily drew is, has, is good enough in the air that he was able to tuck and roll. But uh, Drew's so, a mean, heavy guy. Man. Listen, I, I, I was like you, I was not expecting much going into this pay-per-view and frankly for the most there were, I had mixed emotions watching it live going through it. New Miz and Morrison video, Alexa bliss <laughs> looking really, really good in the ring again. Um, we didn't bring any piss back out to the ring in the Sheamus Jeff Hardy oh, match. Piss? Yeah. Uh, you know, Drew McIntyre and Lashley surprised all of us. I believe it's fair to say that we did not see that match coming. Sure. Um, uh, who knows what the hell is going to happen with the, the Ninja Viking Vi Vi Viking profits. I don't what, know. Whatever, whatever that was going on with that. If yeah. that continues to go on, that could be interesting. 
but yeah, I, I am going to go back and watch the Edge and Randy Orton match a time or two again. And I think we are going to remember that, not for the silly catchphrase, but yeah. for it did hit us all pretty hard in the nostalgia feels for those I'll watch the last. Fans. I'll watch the last hour and a half of this pay-per-view again. Yeah. Because it was that the last hour and a half was great. Yeah. Last hour and a half was a B plus, A minus. The first half, I would say, was probably a C plus, B minus. Easily. Yeah. So solid B to yeah. finish off this pay-per-view. That's what I'm giving it. At the end, the pickums, myself with six, Nick with three. Dominating once again. I would have gone a, a straight seven if I hadn't been surprised by Randy Orton pulling it out at the end over edge. But uh yeah, Nick, overall. Um, I will say this. I don't want to come across like I'm down on it. I was entertained. And these days, if there's one thing that's kind of crystallized for a lot of us who watch wrestling, is that at the bottom line, we just want to be entertained. There's so much going on that we want to take a little break from, and we want to just go have a little fun time. And you know what? This accomplished that. It did. It did. Uh, last little super chat I got to sneak in here. Troy Kearney sent in $2. Thank you very oh, much, you. sir. Uh, he said Edge will quit after a spear from a wheelchair. From a wheelchair. <laughs> oh, don't bring up wheelchairs. Uh, Zach Ryder is still sore about that. Uh, breaking news in case you had an ACL diving onto Kip Sabian. Stop. So now we're going to ha- potentially have Britt Baker. Did we drop again? We dropped again. God almighty, what is happening? <laughs> My internet must be flaky tonight. Oh, man. Hang on. I'll, I'm going to have to edit the hell out of this one. Great. Oh, boy. That's that's fun. All right. So we're back in. So I'll start over Hello. again so I can snip that in. We're back. Hello. Yep. So breaking news. Chris Statlander did uh, tear her ACL diving onto Kip Sabian, Sabian on Dynamite this week. So we could potentially have Britt Baker versus Chris Statlander in a wheelchair match. Ooh. And I mean, hey, Zach, Matt Cardona, he is a free agent right now. He could teach him all about wheelchairs. That's that's true. That is true. Just saying. Just saying. <laughs> well, let's get out of here before my internet goes down again. Thanks very much, guys, for <laughs> hanging out with us in the Discord tonight. That was so much fun. Make sure if you're not in there, make sure you get signed up already. Uh, or make sure you get signed up by link the links in the description below or come ask us on social media. We'll be happy to give you links uh, to get in there. You can find it pinned across most of the stuff. But, yeah, we'll get you into the Discord because you never know when you're going to wake up one morning and Facebook just decides to get rid of groups. They've done it plenty of times before. Mm. <sighs> Facebook, the bane oh, of Facebook. my existence. You can oh, also follow Facebook. us over on Twitter and Instagram at BWO Podcast. Subscribe to us right here at YouTube.com slash Busted Wide Open. Make sure you turn your notifications on because we put up BWO Daily every Monday through Friday oh, yes. uh, at around 5 p.m. Eastern. So you want to get notified when we put up our new ones because we're covering the news of the day uh, at the end of the day just so you can get all your news in one place right here from your boys. At Busted Wide Open and Patreon.com if you would like to support the show uh, by getting access to some exclusives like copies of the show notes, bonus episodes, Skype calls, all kinds of good stuff over at Patreon.com slash BWO. But my name is Nick Howell. You can find me on Twitter at Data Center Dude. And I am Sir Ian Dangerous. You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous. But my God, would somebody stop the damn match? This show is part of the Orbital Jigsaw Network. For more episodes, subscribe to us on iTunes, Google Play, or Stitcher Radio. For details and show notes from each episode, check us out, orbitaljigsaw.com.